Hello, and welcome to the Teeth of Grace podcast. I'm Sarah Schaefer. I'm here with Kathy Loudenberg, and we are so excited that you've joined us today. We have been talking recently a lot about the narrow door and the wide door. And I just want to read the scripture to start us off um, that comes out of, I'm going to read the one that comes out of Luke. We'll probably hit the one in Matthew later on. But in Luke 13, 22, Jesus is on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. And he went on and he gives a parable after that. But he was being asked, you know, how many people are going to be in heaven? And he doesn't really answer that. He just says, make sure you're one of them, is how my pastor, Sam Porges, put it. So I appreciated (laughs) that. Don't worry about anybody else. You strive to enter. What are your thoughts, Kathy, as you hear that? Oh, yeah. Amen. And you know, it is striving, isn't it? That's a strong verb. I'm all about verbs as a language arts teacher. And uh, it's this walk uh, to be a Christian was a lot easier when I was a lot younger in this nation. And it's getting harder every day. And it is a striving. Um, it is. It's hard work. I, I love to look things up in the original language and uh, in the original language, the root word of strive that we render it in the NASB, at least, um, uh, is agonizo. And, oh, my God, isn't that the truth? It's it's agony. It's struggle. Um, it goes on to say in the in the Greek, um, literally to compete for to contend with an adversary. So we're not talking about a Christian life that you just sail through. There's there's all kinds of warfare and obstacles and things that contend for our heart and contend for our allegiance and contend for our time. And so, yeah, I, I can understand why Jesus would say, you know, few um, find it because it's really hard work. And I think sometimes as Christians in this country, we kind of act like it's a piece of cake or should be a piece of cake. And sometimes we're kind of um, lukewarm with it, you know, mm-hmm. but that's a sobering scripture, Sarah. Thanks for bringing that up. That strive to enter. Um, that's hard work. That's that's conflict. That's wrestling with yourself, with your own desires, your own lusts, your own wants, your own it's you being in charge or Jesus being in charge to, is mm-hmm. what it boils down to. And and it's hard to let him be in charge, especially in this nation where we're independent mm-hmm. and we're really kind of can-do people and we have tons of freedom. So most of us are pretty used to calling our own shots, right? I want to become a teacher. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to take this trip. We kind of just, um, I think early on in this podcast, I said, we kind of have a tendency to just add Jesus into our lives. Mm when it's so much more than that he wants control of our lives and and for him to be in control there is a striving there is a wrestling there is a wrestling going on and as you're talking i'm just i have a a few different things i think we should clarify uh you know we're talking about how we need to strive and then at the same time talking about how we need to abandon ourselves to christ and not work hard so 
theologically, let's reconcile that because they're not in conflict with one another, but are we saying that we need to work to get into heaven or into the kingdom? But I, I know that's not what Jesus was saying. I know it's not what you're saying, but um, can you help clarify that a little bit, Kathy? Yeah, I mean, he did the work, right? Once we give our lives to Christ and we accept him as Savior and Lord as Savior, we're saved. Our sins have been taken care of. We're clean in his sight. But uh, you know my story. We've I've been very upfront with it. Um, I came to Christ um, when he interrupted a suicide attempt because I had been in the gay lifestyle for a number of years and it had just eaten me alive. So even though he paid for all that sin, uh, to change my lifestyle, there was a lot of striving. Mm. And yes, he helps us do the work. He says that when we come to Christ, he gives us the Holy Spirit. So he's called the helper in scripture. So it's not like I'm doing it on my own. We have a helper, but we have to cooperate right. with the helper. We have to, we have to begin. We've talked before about love the Lord your God with your whole heart, soul, and mind. We have to begin to change the way we think about things, right? Right. So it, it's, this is where I walked. This is who I was. This is what I thought. Mm -hmm. Then I came to Christ and it's, oh, okay. This is what he thinks. This is what he wants. And, and he has a helper, but that's where our striving comes in to be obedient, to listen, to obey as we read, read the word, um, to agree with the word and, kind of find out what do where do I need to make changes? Because his goal is that we be transformed into his image. Hmm. That's that's his goal. That's what Romans 8 28 and 29 says. 828 is I will work all of this for good, Kathy. And that's good news. And he has worked all of that for good in my life. But verse 29, we often leave off he says, it's so that you can be conformed into my image. It's so that you become more and more and more and more like me. Mm -hmm. That means holiness. That means walking in light, walking in truth. That's why the road is narrow. Right. You just clarified that beautifully. And when you're talking about us, you know, once we're saved, then we need to cooperate. I love that verb. It brings to mind that picture, uh, that story you had of let go. Is that is that what it was called in your book? Um, maybe you could tell us that story. Oh my gosh, Sarah! It's it's one of those crazy things in my life, almost like Vendelator, where you know you're just kind of doing life like we do, and all of a sudden you have I call them divine appointments, hmm. where you just know something's going on that's really weird. Nancy calling me that morning to go be a Boy Scout. That was a divine appointment. It <laughs> happened by chance. I mean, we haven't talked for years. So I'm on my way. Uh, I think I was coming home from school. I forget what I was doing exactly, but I, I decided to run into McDonald's for a quick French fry hamburger break. Um, just in and out. I, cause I, there was a lot going on. So I sat down and I opened the sports page and and uh, I was, you know, doing, I, I, I've always loved sports. So that's always the first place I go. I know that's kind of weird too. But, uh, <laughs> so I'm, and I'm having this peaceable meal. And this couple with a little girl came into the booth next to me, but I hadn't thought a thing about it until she just let out this scream. 
that just jerked every head up, everybody in McDonald's jerked oh. up and like, what's going on? And, and uh, her face, she was facing me. She and mom were facing me and dad had his back to me. She was just red with anger and frustration and just screaming. And mom was trying to calm her down. And I've never had kids. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, I'm thinking, come on, mom, shut that kid up. I mean, come on. And, <laughs> and the mom is doing her best. And now, honey, now, honey. And then I kept hearing the dad and the mom say, just let go. Just let go. So finally, I saw that she had picked up French fries in both little fists. She must have been, I don't know, maybe two. I don't know. She was little. And she had she had French fries squeezing out from other, every finger. <laughs> her fists were as red as her cheeks oh. and because she wanted more fries. Right. So they kept saying, well, let go, let go, let go. And I was getting a little bit irritated with these parents, actually. I actually thought, come on, let's move on with this or take her outside or or um, give her more fries, for heaven's sakes, whatever it takes to quit the screaming. Because, I mean, she was just screaming. Yeah. So I got I put my paper together and I picked up my Pepsi and I picked up my burger and fries and I was going to leave. And I just heard the Holy Spirit I know this might sound strange, but he does, he is our helper. He lives within us. That's how Jesus helps us make this transformation into his image. Um, he's savior and he forgave the sins, but that transformation is ongoing. And I heard him say, sit down hmm. and listen and watch. So I sat down and he started talking to me about letting go in my own life. And pretty soon this little girl finally settled down a little bit and they peeled all of that mushy potato out of, out of her hands, those fries. And, and then dad gave her a brand new fresh fry and he said, here, here's a new one. And she just lit up. And at that moment, um, I'm trying to find the words. My heart was rent because he started talking to me about things I needed to let go of that I had held on to thoughts and habits and etc. And he started doing to me what only the Holy Spirit can do. It's called conviction. Hmm. It's it might not even be something sinful. But it's something that's not good for your own edification, for your own growth in Christ. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, they, they finished their lunch and left. And I was still sitting there. And I had my hands on the table, palms down. And I'd finished my lunch. And I'll never forget raising my hands, palmed up, palms up, and just saying, Lord, this is how I want to live. Open-handed so you can take everything out of my hands and help me drop everything you don't want me to be holding on to. Mm -hmm. And that started a real precious, a real precious process of, of analyzing what is in my life that doesn't help me toward my life in Christ and is more worldly. And even in the last two years, I'll just tell you one of them, um, that happened quite a long time ago, but 
I had two TV shows I always watched. One was a medical one that was very fascinating and interesting. And one of them was um, kind of hard to explain, but two very good shows. And in the last two years ago, they started to have a little more sexual license in them. And right away, I remembered that that story and I turned my hands upside down and let those go. And I've never turned them on again hmm. because I realized that. And, and if we think about it, that those things are all around us. What they we are. see on TV, what we hear, magazines we pick up. I mean, I remember when I was little, dad took Sports Illustrated and those those gals in there um, once a year, they were practically naked. I mean, the pornography. I, we are surrounded with things that take us captive by some degree. And he was, he's, he's, he's let go of these, let go of these. This gate is narrow. It's a gate that you, you slough off all that baggage. You, we talked about circumcising your heart where you cut out of your heart, the things that aren't leading toward life. They're really leading you downward into depression and heartache and all kinds of other things. Cause we have an enemy. We've talked about that. Mm -hmm. And that's why that gate is so narrow. And that's why that scripture says those things are of the world. Mm, yeah. I want to say another verse. It, it's that same verse in a different, it's Matthew 7, Sarah, 13 through 14. Enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it for the gate is smaller and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. And that's the juxtaposition. What, what moves us toward that abundant life and more life? And what does Satan, and they're so subtle, they're so subtle, but they just steal a little bit here and a little bit there, steal, kill, and destroy. So yeah, sitting there in that restaurant was a huge lesson, spiritual lesson for me. That little girl and those parents taught me something that was life-changing. Mm. Total unexpected moment. <laughs> little parenting moment that you didn't expect you would be receiving, right? Exactly. So. exactly. Oh gosh. Well, and I, I think one of the ways that we've said over and over again is to use scripture to help us stay on that narrow mm -hmm. pathway. And one scripture that I have found really helpful just personally um, in trying to live that life that is pleasing to God and not pleasing to my own, you know, my own self first is in Psalm 101. And it says in Psalm 101 verses one through four, I will sing of steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord. I will make music, which I do like mm, to make music. Yes, um, I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. Mm. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. And in Romans, it also talks about be innocent in evil. Be excellent at what is good. Be innocent in evil. Mm -hmm. um, and the, I just love the idea that as as David is writing this, because it credits him with uh, Psalm 101 at the beginning, he isn't saying, I'm going to put on a good show for everybody. He is committing himself to walk with integrity 
in his house, within his house, within his family, and that he will not put anything worthless in front of his eyes. I mean, he didn't have television, but the temptations that we face have been around as long as we, as humanity have been around, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's that process of discernment. It's that word discernment, and we don't use it a lot. Uh, but and it's sad. It's critical. It's critical. Mm -hmm. We grow up in families and in in schools and wherever we're at. The, the, the our surroundings that influence us influence us. Most of that is of the world, and that's not all bad. Jesus created the word world perfectly and beautifully, but we're sinners. And we've already talked about Satan is the God, little g, of this realm. He just is. We have an enemy. And we 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 can just slip into things that damage our soul that we're not even aware of. And I think that letting go process, I mean, really, I that was a profound moment for me. It made mm -hmm. me, it made me. There were over that course of that next year or two, there were several things that God put his finger on and said, this isn't towards life. Not that it was negative. Maybe it was even somewhat passive. Like, uh, I, I, I'm just going to admit it right up front. I'm an addict with jigsaw puzzles. I just have to say it. <laughs> I just have well, to say it. Confession's good for the soul. Exactly. So, good for so you. bear with me. And there's nothing <laughs> sinful in that. But if I do that, 12 hours a day, I, there's nothing sinful, but does it enhance my life? Well, sometimes when I was caregiving, it was an outlet. I could just be brainless and I could just be searching for that one piece and then be thrilled when I found it. So so that might seem like a done example, but when, when I'm not in the word because of that, when I'm putting off Bible study because of that, when I'm not calling Christian sisters and in, in, in involving myself in Christian activities, I'm certainly not doing anything to enhance my life with Christ. Now, does he care if I do one a day? Probably not, but I wasn't doing one away. I can just tell you. And, mm -hmm. and uh, so it's, it's even the little things. It began to, that way is narrow and there is a striving and there is an agonizing. There's things we have to let go. There are books that I would never pick up that, and I'm a book reader. You can tell by the covers. There's mm -hmm. pornography. You can tell by the covers of a lot of books what this is going to be about. There are so many thousands of things that draw us. I, 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 think, I think James says it best. This is what comes to mind, 2.16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. That lust isn't just sexual. You can have lust for money, lust for power, lust for position. There's a million things we can lust for, especially in this country, because we have it all, right? People mm -hmm. don't struggle with lust in, in, in Czechoslovakia, where I was much, because it was all taken away anyway. They had nothing. They were stripped of their churches, most of them stripped of their land and their homes. I mean, persecuted countries, I don't think sometimes go under some of the um, some of the things we go under because we have everything and we have access to everything. But not everything is beneficial for our life. And these right. lusts, they're just all from the world. And any kind of lust like that that takes away from our life, it's not neutral. 
It doesn't, we don't just stay neutral. It takes, it's subtraction where Jesus and the Holy Spirit is all about addition to this life in Christ. It's interesting to me that it's always, it always comes back to life and death, life and death. In 1 John 2.16 was the verse that you had mentioned. And then 1 John 2.17 says, and the world is passing away. The world is dying along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever, lives forever. And it comes back to that. It's death and life. This is not, you know, it starts small and yes, it's subtle, but these are life and death things. If we let them consume us, like what you're talking about with if jigsaw puzzles become the better part of your waking day, that's not healthy. Even though it's not sinful, it's not where God wants us to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's hard to discern. That's why discernment, I wish we heard that word more often. I wish we heard it more in church. I wish, I w- it talks about it being a gift. Stir up your discernment. I, I forget where that is to Timothy, Paul to Timothy, maybe stir up your discernment that we may discern the things that are, we are taking in all around us um, that can damage our soul. They, they, they just mm-hmm. damage our, our well-being. And, and that's where the agony comes in of just, and people think, well, that, that makes you just really straight and narrow and narrow-minded. No, it doesn't. It just, it's like that little girl. She had ruined her French fries holding on so tight. They were mushed and crushed and, and, and they were a mess. They all went in the trash. The new fresh one, when she let go, was a brand fresh, hot McDonald's French fry, which I, they, I, I was addicted to them at one time, too. Um, <laughs> uh, but God's always got more. Right. It, oh, and he's always got better. Yes. He's always got better. Yes. So this lust of the world is it's just it's it's constant, especially now in the sexual revolution mm-hmm. we're in. It's everywhere. Uh, it, it's just everywhere. And the temptation around us is everywhere. And whether it just be, let's say I just overeat. Well, if that's bad, bad for my health, I'm really better off now that I don't do sugar and French fries. Just, just saying, not that those things right. are sinful in themselves, but you're always looking life in Christ. It's that verse you just gave. I love it. Life in Christ is always getting more and more and more abundant or has the potential to be. If we recognize that and move that way, if we strive, sometimes agony, if we contend with those things that are working against us, that's such a beautiful verse. Enter the narrow door. Narrow, um, it comes from a, it has the idea of obstacles standing close about in the original language. And it also, it also has the idea of things standing, things, things in our way. So there are obstacles and that's what that narrow means. And there's discernment again, what would Satan like to do more than anything? Trip us up and make us fall into sin, right? Always. That's always his goal, to put up obstacles and to put up threatening things all around us to tempt us. He's the tempter. So yeah, that narrow, that, that narrow is, is actually, there's a lot of safety in that narrow path if we walk it, because we don't, Mm -hmm. we, we don't hit those obstacles. We don't give in to them. We don't become captive to them. When we contend, like a contest, like a conflict, 
when that that's what that word means agonize oh it comes from another word that says it takes effort when we put that effort into that narrow path that effort leads us to where we are and i know everything for me goes back to john 10 10 but that's that abundant life that's that <laughs> abundant life there's always more in christ the longer i live the more the more my heart is enlarged by his love and his attributes. So when we, when we, it's kind of a sad thing that few find it and that the road, the road to hell is wide and tons find it and the road to heaven is narrow, but it's worth the striving. It's worth the effort to be it free is. in Christ. Well, and when you're talking about having this attitude of striving that we cooperate with God, as you said at the beginning, when we're talking about that, it brings to mind, you know, you practice, you go to, you go to your sports practice, you sit down at the piano to practice. It's something that you, you rehearse again and again. It's not something that's a one and done. And certainly to me, reading the word in the course of my life, it's, it's again and again and again. It's, it's that training. And I love in Hebrews, um, he's talking about the fact that if you're just listening to us on this podcast or you're listening to your pastor, that's all really good if you're getting the word uh, this way. But what's even better is if you practice feeding it mm -hmm. to yourself, if you practice chewing on it mm -hmm. yourself. It says in here, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. Okay, I'm going to not get lost in all of that. But verse 14 says... But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And that brings me back to Psalm 101, where it says, I'm not going to set anything worthless in front of my eyes. Well, we need to be thinking, is what I'm looking at on TV, is this worth anything? Does this add to my life, like you said, or is it subtracting? Yeah. And and the things that I'm thinking about, you know, is perverseness far from me or am I toying yes. with something let me bring that you know to my conscious mind and be honest yeah about those things. and actually i'm glad you brought in the milk and the solid food and i want to get into that just a little bit because we would not want um we would not want our 40 year old husbands i'm not married but to act like a seventh grader right you've got two middle school girls you right. don't want your husband to be god we expect to grow up we expect to get wiser. We expect we don't want a two-year-old, a guy, some some grown-up acting like a two-year-old. So, so I mean, it's sad. Paul talks about it too uh, in, in other places that it's so sad. He said, "I longed to give you the meat of the word, but you're just babies. You still need milk." Paul mm -hmm. was, and you know, I just have a feeling in the in the church in America right now, and I'm not saying all churches. I'm saying as a whole, we've kind of failed and gotten a little lukewarm, lukewarm as a Christian nation. We really have. We've gotten a little bit passive. And and a lot of people really just really like the milk because it doesn't cost much to grow in Christ that way. But, but mm -hmm. it, there's no striving in that. But I personally really like a steak. I, I personally really <laughs> like you know, a good steak. And that's what Paul is saying. And and you said it in Hebrews here too. God doesn't want us to stay baby Christians or lukewarm Christians or mediocre Christians. 
he wants us all in. He was all in when he went to that cross for us. He was all he was. in when he bled and died for my sin and for your sin and for the sin of the world. Mm -hmm. Are we all in? It's a good question to ask right now. To what extent, listeners, you might be Christians, you might be in a church, you might not be. To what extent are we all in? To what extent are we still very much immature and babyish when you want your kids to grow up and learn and you want them to mature and you want them to have discernment and you want them, we are expected to grow up as human beings. God expects us to grow up too into his image. Thank you, Kathy, and thank you listeners for joining us again today. As always, you can reach out to us via email at sarah, S-A-R-A, at theteethofgrace.com, or you can email Kathy at k-a-t-h-y at theteethofgrace.com. We hope that you've been encouraged and challenged and just refreshed by spending some time with us. We hope that you join us next time. Until then, God bless. Mm-hmm.